Bass Edge Radio. Commence broadcast in three, two, one. You're listening to The Edge. Everything bass fishing coming to you nationwide from the Bass Edge Studios. What's going on, Bass Edge Nation? Welcome to the December 1 episode. Aaron, we have a monster show for the listeners today. Well, that is good to hear. And, uh, you know, I do want to bring up, Kurt, that I guess the surprise of an email that I'd received concerning in fishermen and giving Bass Edge Radio a few accolades, actually. Yeah, man, we got some props. I'll dive in a little deeper because I got to say, you know, first of all, everybody that is a part of this show, you know, has something to be proud of here. So in fishermen. Com, ran an article, listed their top podcasts, top fishing podcasts, not just bass. I mean, it includes all types of fish species. You know, I'm sure they looked at saltwater podcasts and other types of freshwater fishing, trout fishing. And, and of course, you know, Bass Edge Radio made the list, dude. So not really like a ranking or anything, but just an overall, the top podcast and uh, we were on the list so super proud to be a part right here of bass edge radio man you know i got a little goosebumps i can't deny i was i was excited to see our name up there on the list well that's right that you know you and i have an ego too and it's it's always nice to, <laughs> it's always nice to get that reassurance call me call me insecure or whatever but uh certainly from a long-standing brand like in fisherman i i can remember reading and and watching their programs on tv and so yeah that's kind of uh, just another notch to put on the the belt i guess but certainly appreciate that recognition and uh their support and you know speaking of support kurt of course like you said there's many many people to be recognized of course across bass edge team but one of those partners obviously who have been with us day one premier sponsor of bass edge radio and that has been megaware keelguard you know the brand you have to ask for it by name it's megaware anything megaware they put their name on is of quality has the guarantee and of course, we're talking about things such as the first do-it-yourself keel protector with that contoured edge, the 3M adhesive, the Skeg Guard, the Flexstep Pro. The list goes on and on, but certainly we appreciate their support in helping us kind of reach that milestone. And be sure to check them out at keelguard.com when doing that Christmas shopping. That's right. Well, it's great to see somebody believing us. So a uh, huge shout out again to uh, infisherman.com. Thank you for the recognition. That was a feel-good story to end off 2018. It's been it's been a good year for Bass Edge. Aaron, and talking about ending off 2018, 2018. 2019 is getting started right now. I understand the Central Pro-Ams kind of going back to the old school where the tournament season crosses the calendar. And uh, we're going to talk about that coming up in our next segment. But first, we're going to go to our ProtectTheHarvest.com tackle tip. Stay tuned right here with more Bass Edge Radio. This episode's ProtectTheHarvest.com Tackle Tip with show host Aaron Martin. So cold water tackle tips for tournaments that do not allow A-rig fishing can be a little frustrating, but that's the place that I find myself often with fishing the Central Pro Elite tournaments. And one of my go-to techniques is basically taking a Kitek Fat Swing Impact 4.3, and there's two ways I rig that. One is on just a quarter ounce jig head because remember what we are doing we are fishing for suspended bass and sometimes those are just over rock and sometimes they're over trees but using that just on a regular long 
shank heavy hook jig head but the key is i take a red marker and I put a streak down the tail as well as just two red dots on each side of the head to give those bass something to be able to zone in on. And when the water's just, let's say, still in the mid to upper 40s, I'll even go and get as aggressive as putting that on a scrounger head to create a little bit of side-to-side wobble in addition to that tail action going back and forth. I have found that if you do that, that gives you the best chance of being able to compete against the guys that are out there swinging those chandeliers that we often know as A-Rig, and they're catching numbers, but I'm going after size. That setup generally puts the better bites in the boat. Hopefully, this helps you catch more fish. Aaron, that's a great tip. Thanks for that tackle tip from protectthehartvest.com. First by land and now by sea. For years, Lucas Oil has been a staple in high-performance vehicles on both the road and track. Now, from the makers of Lucas Oil comes Lucas Marine products, specifically engineered for marine applications. Protect and lubricate your marine inboard, outboard, or high-performance boat with Lucas Marine Engine Oil or Lucas Synthetic-Based Oil. Learn more about the complete line of Lucas Oil and marine products. Visit lucasoil.com. Nitro Performance Bass Boats. Get pro-level performance with the Nitro Z18, the official boat of Major League Fishing. Z18, with its nimble handling and versatility, sports many of the features in the larger boats in the line, like a Guardian Livewell, a heavily insulated cooler, dual 8-foot rod storage, and our smooth and fast NVT hull. Every Nitro boat is laid out to do one thing very well, catch fish. Enormous front decks up to 45 square feet on the Z21 allow maximum mobility when battling unruly bass and feature low-profile gunnels for ease of skipping, pitching, flipping, or landing fish. Nitro Performance Bass Boats, pure fishing machines. prefaced in our opening segment you've got tournaments already kicking off for the 2019 season with the uh, web outdoor central pro elite longtime friend of bass edge mike webb putting on a old school fashion schedule yeah like i mentioned before he'd done this years ago and decided we're going to try another year and it looks like uh, it's worked because we've had record turnouts um it's going to be interesting kurt I-, I will tell you you know back in november around that middle part of november temperatures were pretty warm and then the bottom fell out of it i woke up uh, on a thursday morning somewhere around the 14th 15th there and we had eight and a half inches of snow which what we know is it didn't last very long but the runoff obviously very cold water coming in so on conditions where i thought you know this time of year you can still get away with some top water as we've heard many guests on bass edge say until the water gets down below that lower 50s certainly top water is a player but the water has really cooled down as well as we've had a lot of rain so the water level has came up so it's presented some challenges you know jig crankbait uh, spinnerbait slow rolling that but i i just don't know that i'm seeing the top water bite there like i wanted to well it sounds like there's going to be all kinds of options going on with a tournament this time of year definitely transitional from that fall to winter pattern probably going to be having anglers all over the lake doing all kinds of stuff so the great thing about that is uh maybe it'll loosen up the crowds and kind of let you run your own pattern whatever it is that you find the best that's uh also there's not going to be a lot of recreational anglers out there this right time. right 
and and that is one of the things with Lake of the Ozarks being the size that it is. I mean, certainly when uh, it fishes big, so you can drop a lot of boats on that lake and really not feel the pressure or the fish don't feel the pressure like some of the smaller reservoirs. But I certainly have had a lot of fun. You know, we have the new Nitro Z21 with uh, all the bells and whistles. And one of those yeah. things I've been having fun with is my new uh, Lowrance HDS. This new system, I- I'm telling you, Kurt, it's the deal. Well, again, you know, it's mind-blowing every year. You know, they must be two or three years ahead of themselves in production for a lot of these electronic companies, specifically Lowrance, always pushing the envelope, the HDS Live. Probably, you know, certainly one of the biggest new things out there with the uh, electronics over the last two or three months. Now these, as your Nitro has there, Aaron, all these units going on, the new boats, but man, Google mapping overlay, a smartphone compatible six panel display, the live view, similar to what Garmin has been very successful at over the last couple of years. Now, now Lowrance jumping on board and providing anglers with an unmatched, unparalleled. When you look at their product from the uh, 2D to the side scan and down scan imaging all the way now to the live view and their mapping system, when you put all of the packaging together, there's no second competitor. That, I mean, Lowrance is the top of the line. So, Well, and um, you know what, Kurt? I mean, what I'm looking forward to, obviously it helps me catch more fish and being able to tap into my smartphone and adjust things to that. But it appears that I'm going to be able to watch you on FLW Live (laughs) on my screen while I'm on the boat. That's out of control. You'll be up there drop shotting on some fish, maybe doing some vertical jigging or something like that this winter in January when I'm on Rayburn. And as uh, I'm fishing the top 10, you can have one of those six panels (laughs) be me over there. That's right. That's that's, uh, that's pretty freaking amazing. So uh, obviously, man, all, all kinds of great stuff coming into the fishing world and uh actually we're going to take a little look back into 2018 we've got the bassmaster angler of the year with us today super happy to have him part of bass edge radio hang tight we'll be back with the lucas oil angler spotlight I'm FLW Tour Pro Luke Duncan. I'm professional angler Keith Poche. This is 2019 Bassmaster Classic Qualifier Jared Littner. This is BASS Elite Series Angler Seth Fighter. This is Facts Fishing Host Dave Mercer, and you're listening to Bass Edge Radio. know the importance of protecting your investments so why use anything else other than the original and toughest diy keel protector for your boat MegaWare keel guard grinding sand abrasive rocks and concrete ramps are no match for our exclusive contoured edge and patented technology MegaWare keel guard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour providing the longest lasting most dependable keel protection for your boat guaranteed for life Developed specifically by boat builders, offering the best keel protection in the industry. Also for MegaWare Keel Guard, Skeg Guard, Flex Step Pro, and Pontoon Guard. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. MegaWare Keel Guard. We have 2018's most dominant angler during the entire BASS Elite Series with us on the mic today. We're looking forward to breaking down his strategies, mental approach that landed him, the king of the hill. Welcome to the show, professional angler, formerly of Bass, now with MLF BPT Tour, 
Justin Lucas. Absolute pleasure to have you on the show today, Justin. I appreciate you guys having me on. We're catching up finally after the AOI. We've been trying to connect for a while, so I'm glad to be here. That's right. A busy man and certainly understandable. And just want to say, like Kurt, echo his uh, sentiments of congratulations on an amazing year. And, you know, Justin, first I want to dive off into talking about the streak. The final five events you've finished in the top 12. I've got to know, you know, we spent a lot of time talking about the mental aspects and momentum and how all that figures into a person's finish at the end of the year. But what was it that led you to, quite honestly, an extreme momentum in the second half of the season? You know, I think one of the things that helped, you know, was again, this is my fourth year on the Elite. One out of those four years, I did really bad in the beginning of the year, and that was 2017. But the other years, I was always, actually, it's my fifth year. I'm sorry, not my fourth but uh, I was always top 12 in the first tournament of the year, second tournament, not bad. So I was always sitting well in points early on. And this year I just got back on that train where I had a top 12 right off the bat at Lake Martin, went to Grand Lake and uh, had a 13th. So I was like second or third in the points after a couple of events. Then I fell down, stumbled a little bit at Kentucky and Lake Travis. But still, you know, that stumble dropped me down to like 10th or 11th in the points. And that's when things caught fire was after that. And I just think that that comfort knowing that last year was a bad year, but I already, in my mind, rebounded from that sitting where I was four events through the season and uh, just really gave me a comfort feeling and I felt like you know I just fished the rest of the season just very confidently I tell people for the first time ever this is my ninth year doing this for the first time ever like I legitimately felt like when I put my trolling motor down I was going to catch every single fish that lived around me that was going to bite and then I'd pick the trolling motor up and go to the next spot and do it again and I don't know how to explain that other than that I don't want that to sound arrogant or cocky but it was a really neat feeling you know and and like I said it's taken me nine years to get to the point where I actually finally felt that way for a stretch at least well I think that's what Dr. Jay McNamara in his book Psychology of Exceptional Fishing calls that being in the zone I mean it sounds to me like you were dialed in I was practice was I don't want to say it was easy, but things worked and clicked right away during those practices. And then I was able to build off those days and find more and more stuff. And that really just set me up every week. I'm always expecting to get checks, but I was expecting to be, you can't say, you know, a top 12 maybe, but expecting a top 20 in most of those events based off what practice was like. And then just to execute it, you know, that was the other thing that's so important is it could have easily been poorly executed, a good practice. That happens all the time, right? Guys have a good practice and they don't execute well in the event, whether they need to change up a little bit or lose fish or whatever. So the changes that I made, and the ratio of putting those fish in the boat and not losing very many at all was all, you know, the right changes and, and a really high ratio, which all of that, of course, at the end of each week showed out, you know, and put me in the top 12. Obviously, you've had some great momentum in the past, but I don't think anything that quite sets you above the rest like the second half of the season. Do you feel like it was something that you dialed into that was a strength that you knew was strong before, but you just didn't know how hard you could lean on it? 
like that helped you in that stretch or do you feel like it was just kind of like you said going with the flow you were using all kinds of different techniques and tactics the interesting thing is it was all post-spawn or summer events right I mean once mm-hmm. you once you guys had hit Travis and completed that you talked about a little bit earlier your lowest point in the AOI this year was 13th right so and that was right after Travis which you had a little rocky Kentucky tournament you got to check it Travis yep. you were in 13th and then and then you really rode it to the end and you got to give a shout out to your boy Josh Bertrand which even with your streak of momentum that you had he was still the man right up until the very end right yeah That's he also didn't he amazing. never he never had a hiccup until day yeah. one to two that right. was his only fault all season incredibly consistent fisherman it and was. uh yeah it, it was fun to to go up against him it was fun and it wasn't you know because yeah. it was it made it tough too knowing that one of you had to win but it ended up working out perfectly where he won st lawrence and i won the aoi you know and yeah it might not yeah. be perfectly to him but we've talked about it several times since and i think going back i don't think we could really pass for much different it worked out really well because he knows too that i had a chance to win st lawrence i actually had six dead fish in that event and that was my fault but he realizes that so you can't argue with the way it ended up neither one of us would but man going back to your question is i just put rods on the deck that i knew i was comfortable throwing those techniques and then Mm -hmm. or fishing those techniques those baits and then i was going to go find the fish using those say five six seven different techniques and then also man just having the confidence that i do in my electronics now with hummingbird that was a really big deal for me too because i felt like definitely at awahi my lake master chip my mega imaging that stuff was critical in me finding the fish that i caught and Mm -hmm. uh at st lawrence again the same thing so i gotta find some stuff that i had to myself because of that and when you're not sharing fish on the elite series and you're on some nice fish that's a huge plus st lawrence that really paid off yeah very cool so it's a little i'm gonna squeeze a little more information out of that i heard you say there was five six maybe seven rods there that you laid on the deck and you felt confident in those techniques and i'm assuming that you know they probably covered a wide variety of conditions obviously with st lawrence in the mix and uh, some of the other fisheries that were included in those last five events Sure. You want to talk about them? You want to know what they were? Yes, sir. (laughs) Yes, sir. Everybody wants to know. (laughs) Fair enough. So, yeah, uh, Sabine River, all I did was frog, throw a frog around uh, some bushes and cypress trees and flip in between stuff we went to mississippi river next right everything that i caught was on a swim jig or uh jackhammer chatterbait yeah then we went to Oahe. everything i caught there was on a drop shot small mouth of course you know and then st lawrence again everything on a drop shot and uh then the last event of the season at Chateau, every single thing on a topwater that I helped design with Berkeley called a Berkeley cane walker. So I could honestly look back at those events. What is that? Five right there uh, or six right there. You know, nothing crazy, man. Just really simple. I was focused on finding the fish, you know, and those are techniques that I feel really confidently in. And, you know, a big part of that is growing up where I did. And I've said it so many times, but I wouldn't be the fisherman that I am today if I hadn't grown up where I did, because it really prepped me for this stage of my life. And I never realized how important those training days were 
back then in California, you know, and fishing the Delta one week and then the very next weekend going to Oroville or Shasta and drop shotting for spots and 70 feet of water, you know, going from flipping and frogging to drop shotting in 70 feet was six pound line, five pound line, whatever we were throwing. But having that versatility back then has made such an impact on my career now. And I didn't know it at the time, but right. I'm sure thankful that I was doing it that way. Well, That's Justin, fun. you know, there's usually some key moments that an angler can recall a tournament day or or even perhaps a fish that you feel kind of changed the outcome of the year do you have a distinguishing moment in 2018 that you know led you to where you're at i think the day was definitely the first day at grand lake it was about 12 30 i had two fish for probably three pounds and i had had a good practice but i was flipping just down these little banks where i thought the fish were spawning but i couldn't see them and for some reason I could not catch him flipping anymore during the tournament. And it was 1230 on day one. I guarantee if you looked at Bass Track, I had to be in like 100 to 109, somewhere in there. And, you know, this is the second event of the season. I don't realize how critical and important this day is. I know every day is critical and important. Sure. I don't realize, you know, until after the season or until things start winding down, how important that day was. But I pulled out a wacky rig at that event on a spinning rod and In an hour, hour and 15 minutes, I went from having two fish for three pounds to having like almost 18 pounds and then never took that rod out of my hand. And I had to weigh in at three that day. I had an early flight. And those are always tough days, aren't they? Right. Like I was stressed. It was, it was, I just wasn't in, I I didn't feel like I was in the groove yet either. Like that I got in that summer. So I didn't have that same feeling putting the trolling motor down that I was going to catch everything. I, I did it Martin, but then I lost it early, you know, in the day at grand and I wasn't adjusting well, wasn't making the changes. Finally, I had this rod tied in the rod locker. I'm like, I'm just going to pull it out. I have to catch a few fish. And I never left this pocket for an hour and 15 minutes. It's like, you know, maybe an acre size pocket and caught almost 18 pounds. And then the rest of the week, I never took the spinning rod out of my hands and finished 13th, you know, in that event. And it's just like, I look at that and how easily that could have been a disaster. And it probably would have been early in my career. But I also knew how important it was to stay on your toes, be able to pull a rod out of the box if you need to. And it doesn't work all the time, but there's a perfectly good example right there of the time that it did and so that that was a critical day and then i would say that just the saint lawrence in general finishing second in that event was so important too because my biggest competitor leading up into the aoy race won that event the other two guys bombed and so he could have easily gotten a 20 or 30 point lead on me if i just had an average finish you know, if yeah. I finish 25th or 30th, he's got a big lead on me. And then, you know, things look way different at Chateau. You know, maybe he doesn't bomb the first day. You just don't ever know how that would play out afterwards. But that tournament was really critical. And then day one at Grand was very critical. That's interesting. You can take that back so easily, you know, to, uh, like you said, the second term of the year and the first day. And what people don't really get is that, you know, you talk about that 1230, you've got two fish. Let's say, you know, your next flip, you get another bite and you hold on to that flipping rod for another 35 or 40 minutes, you know, and then and then that yep. can change the whole outcome of the year. And that's the little intricacies that I 
I think can change this game so dramatically. Folks that aren't really living in the game at the moment at that level can rationalize how little the window <laughs> really is. So when you look at a guy like Justin yeah. Lucas or you look at a guy like Van Dam or people that are really, really consistent in the sport, for a guy like me who's been in the sport for a long time and I've had some good events, I've had some bad events, you know, kind of middle of the pack, dude, it leaves you scratching your head like, that gum. Is it really something that that angler's doing or that he's adjusting to or is it just some divine intervention? And, it, <laughs> and then when you ask the angler, he's like, well, I really can't explain it totally, but man, I just got on this groove and I felt like when I dropped the troller, I was going to jack them. So uh, it's an interesting concept. Uh, you know, I love these interviews, especially when we go back and review the year, because uh, you can see just that small moment of time where one thing can go one way or the other. And, and of course, even if Grand doesn't and you finish in the 60s or 70s, you know, you probably still go on to be very consistent. I wanted to throw it back real quick. Sorry to ramble here, guys, but uh, my thought process is just running. So I, I just wanted to express that to everybody. But in 2017, obviously, you had a little bit of a hiccup to begin with uh, the year, as you mentioned earlier. And, um, you know, what's amazing about that is you're able to come out of that hiccup really quick. And in the, the years you've been on the Elite Series, every year I know that you've been in the top 15, except for last year, when people want to say, well, Justin Lucas had a really bad year. Well, heck, you know, you finished in the middle of the pack. You know, it's not like you finished 95th. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you were just running yeah. Across the yeah. board with triple digit finishes, but sure. the mental approach on that aspect. Did you ever feel like, you know, obviously people were asking you questions all the time. Did more of the questioning pull you down than Justin Lucas's head pulling you down? How does that work for your mental attitude? Yeah, I would I would think so. You know, I, I just know how much the sport is about momentum. And just to give you an idea of that, I missed a check in the first four events last year in 2017. And then I got a check in the next four events and then right. barely missed one at, at our final event. So that just tells you how things shift. But, you know, I knew I had averaged like seventh place in the points my first three years on the elites. And I don't want to say that it wasn't reality, but I knew that things were very well for me. You know what I mean? Like sure, everything sure. was clicking and working. And at some point, there's going to be that stumble, man, where it's like, uh-oh, you know, it's not as easy as you've been making it look. So how do you overcome this? Really, man, the bottom line is I still knew that I was a good enough fisherman to overcome last year. And I just wanted to go out this year and prove that to myself. Just like I told you earlier, off the record here, but my win has kind of got lost in the midst of all the other uh, sure. news going on in the industry. But I don't care. Like, it doesn't bother me because yeah. I don't need the recognition from anyone. I don't, that doesn't bother me. I only need it for myself. And for so sure. to go out there last year and not have the year that I typically had had, it was just like, okay, let's see how you do after this. And then to go out there this year and do that and be dominant like that, don't care what anybody else thinks. I proved something to myself. Right. And uh, right. that's, that's, a, that's all that matters, man. That's and, right. And so I just, I had that same thought process all year i will just say this yes the question got old last year it's like yeah. after two events and i missed two checks in a row people were like what's up i'm like really like we don't even need to have a conversation if you're asking that already you know like go on just life man back and laugh it life. off i always tell people you know this is like one of the hardest things i've ever even watched or or seen to be consistent in because we are trying to literally capture an animal that we can't see you know majority of the time you can't see them 
all it is is your best educated guest thousands of times a day. That's all you're doing is making your best educated guest. Where should I cast next? What bait should I pick up? Should I move? Should I stay? You know, all this stuff. That's why fishing is so mentally draining. You know, it's not necessarily physically draining. I just think that making that many decisions throughout a day, at the end of the day, you get in the truck and you're like, oh, I'm wiped out. Well, yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. You just made more decisions in a day than most people make, you know, a week or whatever. So <laughs> that's, that's good stuff. All right, guys, hang tight right here. We are going to drop a power pole, take a pause in the action before we get into some early winter fishing and season preparation. We'll be right back with 2018 BASS Angler of the Year, Justin Lucas. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the PowerPole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift, PowerPole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, PowerPole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong currents or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. PowerPole, swift, silent, secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. Bass Edge Radio presented in part by Mercury Marine Go Boldly returns with the 2018 Bass Elite Series Angler of the Year, Justin Lucas in the Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight. That's right, Lucas Oil High Performance Marine Products. For oil that surpasses all manufacturer's requirements, visit the BassEdge.com store for free shipping. It works. Justin, we alluded to it in your intro. Some people have been following all the changes in fishing and the additional organization with uh, MLF coming into the tour level and actually having a national tour in 2019, you are one of the anglers getting ready for a major transition in your career, moving from BASS to the MLF series, the Bass Pro Tour. How did you make the decision for your career to make this move? Really, I mean, it was as simple as I can probably answer it in one or two sentences, and that's it. I waited until the very end of our deadline to, I wanted to see who was coming over and when all the angler of the year winners bassmaster classic winners the high profile names of the sport came over that's a huge amount of competition you know cut out of the elite series and if i went over there again and won aoy in 2019 it wouldn't mean nearly as much as it did to me this year and this all i asked myself was how am i going to get fired up as a competitor to compete against you know i I don't know how you want to say it other than an easier field you know i i guess it might not be politically correct a field that is less strong however you want to say it but it's not the same field that i won against in 2018 and there's no way that i can go out there and be fine with that you know i got to wake up every morning and be excited and motivated to go out there and that just didn't motivate me and so i think all the changes are great i'm glad to see the elites doing what they're doing and certainly thankful for everything that they've given me and also you know i made sure to call them and let them know that hey here's and i told them why i told them exactly what i just said why i left and uh you know you never know down the road who knows i might try and fish the elites several years from now maybe right. schedules will line up you just don't know what's going to happen so i don't want to burn bridges sure i'm going to leave those doors open and leave respectfully and uh yeah i'm looking forward to next year though it's going to be a new challenge the strength of the field is insane with pulling mark rose cody meyer andy morgan some guys over from flw that are really good zach bird so. they're lucky they didn't invite me bro because i would have been taking it down <laughs> <laughs> i hear you so hear you. preparation preparation for the 2019 
2019 MLF format. The format's out there now. You see you get two days of practice. Uh, you're competing against 40 anglers the first couple days of the event with the cut downs. You know, a lot of people say, well, it's this MLF format, you know, that we've seen on TV the last four or five years that I've had a pleasure in competing and had a little bit of success down that road. Really, this format is completely different than what MLF has been doing over the last five years. You guys get two days of practice in the tour events, which is gigantic, you know, a huge difference. So how do you feel like the preparation is going to be different with those days of practice? Now, obviously, it's a catchway release, uh, as many fish as you can. What are you seeing preparation-wise you've got to do different, or do you feel like there is no difference moving forward into this format for 19? I just think it'll be a learning process. You know, I, I don't know that I have the right answer yet, but I feel like I will after a tournament or two. It's going to be a learning process for everyone. It's a, That is a new format for everyone. That's correct. Yes, for sure. Uh, you know, and the cups are still going to be ran the same way where yes. they have to fish out of MLF's boat and no practice, no information, anything like that. It's still going to be no information for the Bass Pro Tour, but, you know, we're going to be able to use our own boats and then practice too. And personally, I'm a huge advocate for practice. I, I'm a huge advocate for no information like we had this year on the Elite Series for the first time. Guys aren't allowed to get information from anyone except that maybe a fellow competitor if they don't think they're lying to them or whatever. <laughs> but uh, my thing is, I've always thought that since Bass made that decision last year, that helped legitimize us in the fact that nobody's out there getting the best waypoints right off the bat. And so I am a fan of no information and I'm a fan of two days of practice because fishing is not all about just not having knowledge of the body of water that you're going yeah. to and then putting the trolling motor down and hoping that you pick the right bank. Fishing is a trial and error, a learning process. And especially for a deep water guy, he needs time to find those fish. You can't be a great deep water fisherman just going out in an MLF cup boat in their equipment, not even your own equipment, no practice, and you're just going to show up and find deep water fish. It ain't going to happen. I've talked to Mark Rose about it. He's one of the best deep water guys there is. And he's like, I can't fish deep in the selects because, you know, I don't have enough time. It's not my rig, all of that. So I think the Bass Pro Tour is the right thing. I think I'm good with two days of practice, but I think it's very important that we're going to stay on two days of practice because we need to let the deep guys have their chance. And that's really going to show who the most versatile angler is throughout the year. To me, it doesn't show it if you just show up and say, all right, guys, go ahead and no practice because guys, Guys might like that on TV, but it's really not reality, and it doesn't give you the best guy at the end of the year, in my opinion. Yeah, good yeah. point. Hey, Justin, quickly, uh, do you get to do much fishing in the off season? And if so, kind of touch on a few of your preferred techniques there in northern Alabama. You know what? I really don't, especially now that we got a little guy. But I did – I'm into the kayak thing a little bit. Like that's my, you know, other guys go hunting. I go kayak fishing and float down the Flint river that flows into Wheeler Lake. And there's several little drifts that we do there. And I love that. It's just extremely peaceful. You don't see another boat on the water. It's beautiful. And, uh, I'll tell you on that, I throw a little quarter ounce Molex buzz bait and absolutely kill them between a buddy and I, we will get like 50 blowups or 60 blowups in four hours pretty hard to beat that wow. you know, you that doesn't sound get, like a lot of fun <laughs> <laughs> you could go to gunnersville and get two or three or you could float down this river and not see anyone else and get 50 to 60 you know so it's a good time i mean i you know if i can get over to smith lake i really enjoy going fun fishing over there just for spots throwing top water shaky head drop shot whatever all that stuff but gunnersville is just so packed with people all the time it's hard to get out there and just enjoy it anymore you know when i first moved here in 2010 it was amazing and the fishing is just 
it's not as good now as it was then, and the fall was kind of a tough time out there anyway. Right, right. Quickly, before we move into our uh, listener question, you know, Gunnersville, I, I forget the total number. I'm going to say 10 to 12, you know, full-time anglers living right there around on the lake. Yep. You get out on the water much with them? You get to chat with them about actual fishing tactics? Are you kind of secrety about that stuff, or do you just talk about the industry in general? How is the feel over there with all the anglers that are living on the banks of Lake Gunnersville? Occasionally, I've gotten out there with Chris Lane, Matt, and Jordan, of course. But for the most part, we are all so busy doing our thing that it's hard to line that up. But yes, we all talk. I talk to Matt and Jordan and Chris Lane and Gerald Swindle and, you know, Boy Duckett, too. Talk about the industry, talk about whatever. Occasionally, get together with Chris and some of the guys and play cards. But it's a good place to live. Plenty of fishermen around here. And we all get along. None of us don't get along. So that's a good thing, too. That's cool. Good to hear. We used to have a little bit more it here at Amistad, but you know, there's two or three, well, four guys now fishing full time living here at the lake, and and mm-hmm. uh, every once in a while, some of us get together. So it's it's always fun to have somebody close by that kind of runs the same program that you're running because there's just yep. uh, quite honestly not very many of us. <laughs> so <laughs> that's very all true. right. So we got a listener question, man. Uh, this segment is brought to us by Nitro Performance Bass Boats. We take these listener questions, Justin, throughout the month, and uh, we pick one, and man where you're at in your career and you always are are great with the young anglers and kind of seeing this from a perspective that a guy in his 40s like myself or 50s or even older or maybe even their 30s have really just the fresh feel on this. Owen Wells asks, what age should you start your tournament career and how should you start it? Great question. You know, I I started fishing very small team tournaments when I was 13 years old, you know, really small stuff, pretty much like club type stuff. And then from there, you know, gradually got in some bigger team tournaments, started fishing as a co-angler. We didn't have college fishing back then. But then, you know, after I had some success as a co-angler, I switched to fishing as a boater. So I've always told people, Uh, especially now with high school and college fishing. High school and college fishing is great, but if you really want to be good and you want to cut down on the learning curve, if you're a young guy, you're going to still fish as a co-angler and go get in the back of other guys' boats that have been doing it a while and learn as much as you can from them. There's nothing that breaks down the learning curve like fishing with a pro on game day and really seeing how he makes decisions and techniques that they're using and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, like I said, huge proponent for high school college fishing, but fishing as a co-angler is equally as important in my opinion that was my school you know before high school and college fishing was around fishing as a co-angler was i feel like that was my college and uh, i treated it like that you know i was there to learn soak up information and if i made a little money that that was great but i was there to learn more than anything that's a great point justin can you talk a little bit about the mindset of fishing as a co-angler kind of what the expectation should be as a you know when a co-angler gets in the back of the boat pertaining to learning versus you know competing yeah i think that my goal was always to not just not to lose money and to learn that was the the mindset i had going into every event and then you know also is i knew i was going to have some bad draws but I was willing to take some of those bad draws to, you know, have the chance to get some good ones too. And even on the days I had bad draws, you know, I still am like thinking to myself, you know, I need to catch every single fish I can around this boat. That was my thought process back then as a co-angler, like just imagine wherever I went, I just had to imagine that, you know, do I need to be throwing out the back of the boat where this guy's not throwing whatever, like where could there be a bass around here? All I'm trying to do is catch five, two to three pounders for the most time as a co-angler, and you're going to do well. So my goal was always to get bite 
And I ended up having a lot of success because of that. And I think guys tried to fish maybe too big of baits or whatever. I don't know. Or didn't have the confidence like that, you know, that I tried to instill that, Hey, there's a fish around here somewhere, figure out how to catch it. So I would definitely tell guys to do that. And then the other thing too, on top of all of this is be versatile intentionally on where you're fishing. Don't just keep fishing the same lake over and over, you know, intentionally sign up for events that might be out of your comfort zone to get used to that. I did that in 2013 in the Bass Opens. When I qualified for the Elite Series, I wasn't even planning on fishing the Elite. I signed up for the Central Opens and the Northern Opens that year just to get better at Great Lakes style fishing and Northeast titles, uh, James River, stuff like that. And then it was Red River, Arkansas River, and somewhere else that year on the central schedule, I think Ross Barnett maybe. But I fished all those because they were different than what I was used to. So it, I was signing up for them to get experience and learn from those places. And it ended up that I, I was doing well and made the elites. But intentionally, I signed up for them to just learn, man, learn as much as I could. Yeah, those are certainly great suggestions for all anglers out there. And I always look forward to this time of year because it's the only time of year that we actually get the question answered by the <laughs> angler of the year. And Owen, uh, you should feel privileged. And we certainly appreciate you sending that in. And remember, we need another thing from you. And that is to contact us through either our social media outlets. Send us an email to support at BassEdge.com or simply log on to BassEdge.com. Click on the Claim Your Prize section and let us know you heard your question answered by Justin on the show to receive your Bass Edge gift. Make sure you do that, Owen. Real quickly, Justin, let me throw in one more thing we, we didn't talk about there, and that's the Marshall program. Obviously, you've been fishing the Elite Series for five years. You've had the Marshalls in your boat. How do you feel as though that – is that a good investment for a young angler to go out there and kind of watch? You know, we talked about co-angling a little bit, but what about those Marshall programs with the – you know, obviously the Elite Series has it. FLW is now coming out with it in 2019. What's your take on that? Is that a great – program for youth anglers or, or younger anglers trying to learn more yeah it, i think it really is out in california when i was growing up it was hard and it was going to be really expensive to travel and not have a chance to win my money back so i didn't do it back then right. had i lived closer to it i certainly would have signed up uh, for some elite events as a co-angler because you really will you'll learn a ton in those events it's just really hard to sit there and not fish for eight hours yeah, yeah, yeah. you can go there knowing that you're paying you know 100 bucks for the week or whatever you are going to pay for that and the knowledge you gain it will far surpass that hundred dollars you spent very good that's a great perspective well as a reminder to all bass edge listeners make sure you continue sending those questions in to our website bassedge.com to have a shot at winning another gift from bass edge radio you can also email us support at bassedge.com or leave us a comment on our facebook instagram or twitter media pages and justin we certainly appreciate you hanging with us and taking time out of your busy schedule and chatting more bass fishing some thing it seems that uh, we all can't get enough of any final thoughts for bass edge nation no i would just say appreciate you guys having me on the show and you guys run a great show so thank you very much that's great justin well obviously we appreciate you being here um i'm gonna send you off with our final little segment four last questions for you you gotta spend the entire year fishing gunnersville but it has to be a certain area of the lake where do you choose that's a good question i would probably choose the north end of the lake South Saudi Creek, or I guess that's Mid Lake, up to uh, Roseberry Creek, somewhere in that area. 
All right, there you go. What California fishery do you miss the most? Gosh, that is a hard one. Clear Lake and the <laughs> Delta. I can't even give you one. It's got to be two there. They're just so unique and different. I think you've been out there, Kurt. They're just I have, yeah. They're special places, man. Very cool place. Okay, if you could have any non-endemic sponsor for product only, what company would you choose? <laughs> It'd have to be some cold brew coffee company because I drink <laughs> I drink the heck out of cold brew during practice to stay awake. So uh, I'm not gonna say Starbucks, something else, you know, that somebody else that makes some cold brew. I don't care what it is. I like it. that's a great answer. All right, and what will you miss most about BASS in 2019 as you move to the MLS? I just. I think that logo, you know, all bass fishermen almost bleed that logo for the most part, tournament bass fishermen. And, you know, that's the first memory I have of a Bassmaster magazine is seeing that logo on the front. I think that's been the hardest part for most guys is just to let go of that. But I think the future is bright. I hope the best for bass and I hope the best for MLF and the Bass Pro Tour as well. You bet. All right, man. Well, appreciate you being here again. Thanks, Justin. Wishing you the best in your 2019 events. Bass Edge Radio will return right after this message. You know the importance of protecting your investments. So why use anything else other than the original and toughest DIY keel protector for your boat? MegaWare Keel Guard. Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our exclusive contoured edge and patented technology. MegaWare Keel Guard Keel Protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the longest-lasting, most dependable keel protection for your boat. Guaranteed for life. Developed specifically by boat builders, offering the best keel protection in the industry. Also from MegaWare Keel Guard, Skeg Guard, Flex Step Pro, and Pontoon Guard. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. MegaWare Keel Guard. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the Powerpole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift, Powerpole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, Powerpole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong current or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. Powerpole, swift, silent, secure. Visit Powerpole.com to find a dealer near you. Kurt, I know I said it before during the Nitro Boats listener question segment, but I always anticipate the time of year when we get to have the Angler of the Year champ on because it demonstrates consistency, being able to perform at, quite honestly, just a high level against a very, very good field all year long. Yeah, you know, that's something that I've struggled with in my career. So obviously, I always look up to the guys that win Anger of the Year and, and can have that consistency. And, and especially in Justin's case, you know, Justin has proven this year after year after year. You know, you can talk about a slight hiccup in 17, but really, you know, he cashed half the events throughout that year and finished in the 60s. So for some guys, that's kind of a, you know, not a great year, but for Justin, it was a terrible year, but it's still not too bad. So uh, part of the interview that I I liked the most was just him talking about, you know, that mental approach, the mental concepts and those little decisions that happen throughout the year that can take you from a real positive, good vibe in your fishing to potentially someone else that, that might have a negative vibe in that fishing. But making a decision here, there based on his experiences in the past that leads into that success is really what it is. 
It's not luck. You don't have that much luck over and over and over again. It just doesn't happen. Otherwise, we'd all be at the casino. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Great point. I think uh, negativity is futile. It does not serve you in life or certainly in fishing. So uh, we're out there to have a good time. We're out there to have fun. And certainly you guys that are doing this for a living, uh, you have a little extra motivation to be able to uh, pay the bills and keep the lifestyle going. And, you know, as we reflect back on kind of the angler of the year and looking at the tournament year, we are winding down the calendar year, hard to believe here on Bass Edge, with one episode left to go for 2018. As you are out and about doing some of your holiday shopping, would like to remind everybody, all of our partners at Bass Edge that uh, continue to support the program, we ask that you would support them. And certainly a lot of their products can be found on BassEdge.com through the website where uh, Lucas Oil has the free shipping. We've got all kinds of Bass Edge DVDs, Jay McNamara's The Psychology of Exceptional Fishing. Of course, you cannot forget MegaWare KeelGuard and their wide array of products. But uh, stay in tune with us. Be sure to stay involved through our social media platforms. Check out the videos, all of the articles. But enough rambling about Kurt and I. I am going to shut this down for Kurt Dove. I am Aaron Martin. Have a wonderful two weeks, everybody. We look forward to episode 294. Edge is presented by MegaWare KeelGuard. For more information on Bass Edge or to shop at the Bass Edge online store, visit BassEdge.com and be sure to join Kurt Dove and Aaron Martin right here on another episode of The Edge, brought to you in part by Nitro Boats, Lucas Oil, ProtectTheHarvest.com, Mercury Marine, Lawrence Electronics, PowerPole, and Rapaholic.com.